Amen, amen. You can be seated. Well, welcome to North Village Church. My name is Michael. It's good to see you today. What is it? Blizzards last week, humidity this week, you know, always staying on our toes. But, man, what a blessing it is to gather. And we're going to be in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4. Thankful for the people who are online and YouTube and, and Facebook and just seeing our church family navigate this season. Uh, really encouraged to be here with you today. Our teens are dismissed, going to go out to the gazebo, get some, get some scripture into our teenagers. So thankful uh, for them navigating this season with us. And hey, before we jump into 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, I do want to share with you about a process of spiritual renewal uh, that we're inviting our church family to uh, take in. We're going to start this after spring break, but we call it Rise Up and Renew. Uh, we... We, we are preparing to enter into this new location, and, and we're doing a build-out uh, right now, and, and we're excited about this build-out, this new location, but we thought, man, we could be so excited about the new location that we could overlook and look, look past the build-out that the Lord wants to do in us individually and collectively. See this in Nehemiah in the Old Testament. He hears about the destruction in Jerusalem, and there's this impulse to kind of want to run out the door and just do something. And instead, we see Nehemiah turn to the Lord. He turns to confession and repentance and to fasting and to prayer. So in the same way that we don't just get overly excited about the new location, we don't want to overlook what the Lord wants to do in us personally. So starting March 22nd, to June 3rd, that's 77 days, we're inviting our church family into spiritual renewal. Rise up and renew. Uh, we understand there's a lot going on right now, uh, so this isn't really looking to add anything to your schedule as much as it is inviting you to lean into the Lord. Uh, because maybe over the last 12 months, I mean, what Natalie was, I mean, these last 12 months, have been bonkers, and maybe there's some patterns in our life, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our relationship with the Lord that really needs to be torn down. Maybe there's some things that we've kind of relied on over these last 12 months that's not edifying to the Lord. We need to do some demo in, in our souls. Maybe there's some things that have been neglected over the last 12 months. There's some disciplines that we haven't fostered very well. And so, I man, rise up and renew. It's about renewing some, some disciplines uh, in, in, our, in our walk with the Lord. So you have this handout in the pew, and we're going to we'll email this out this week, but uh, we're going to even expand on so you see fully what you're, you're getting into. But if you look at that second page, there's some mile markers there, uh, and, and they're, they're all driven about uh, leaning into the Lord, so timing God's word, committing to a community group, committing to Sunday worship, like just just leaning into the Lord in this season, and then we're going to do three meetings once a month. We'll meet online on Zoom, and and primarily driven around just reminding us who it is that we worship, what it means to confess, and what it means to uh, respond. And so, man, we really want to invite you to. Be a part of this process uh, with us. I, I do think it's possible that there might be a voice in our head right now that might be saying, who has time for this? 
You know, maybe we feel so worn out over the last 12 months. We feel scattered. We feel uh, disconnected, and I get it. Uh, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. I've been walking this journey with you. I feel this kind of black hole, you know, that kind of pulling me into nothingness every day. Like, I want to do nothing every day and just sink into that. And, and I kind of find myself thinking this lie, this myth, that I'll re-engage one day. You felt that? You know, like I'll, when things settle down, things are crazy right now. And when things settle down, that's when I'll re-engage with the Lord and take things more serious. But here's the problem. Uh, we don't know when things are going to settle down. I, we don't know if, if things are going to get back to normal. The gospel, the kingdom of God... The gift of his grace in our lives is like too important to, to wait till things settle down. Does that make sense? And so that's what, rise up and renew is about not waiting and just leaning into the Lord. Saying, look, I, I don't have capacity. I don't have energy. I don't have clarity. But I need you, Lord. We need your grace. Because like, we don't know when the circumstances and headlines are going to change. And we don't know if they're ever going to be different, but we can be different. Like, I want to be in a different place with the Lord. Like, I don't want 2020, 2021, 2022, where I'm just kind of pausing and waiting. Like, I want to be growing in this time. So that's the idea of this. What if this new location, what if the Lord provided this new location for us for such a time as this? That geographically, it would be physically like uh, a reminder of like, we're going to walk through the doors of this new location in a different place. That, that's the idea of rise up and, and renew, that when, when we walk through the doors individually and corporately into this new location, that there's some things we're leaving behind. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like in our marriage, in our character, in our walk with the Lord, that our mentality is such that, like, that's what I used to do. That's what used to happen. But now, at this new season of life, it's different. That is the invitation of rise up and uh, renew. And so, man, there, there's going to be a packet. We're going to want you to read it. We're going to want you to sign it. And you return it to us by March 21st so that we can move forward together. Uh, the, the, the idea is that we're, those of, it's possible that not everybody's going to participate. That I would rather have three people who are going to enter into these 77 days with 100% commitment to the Lord than 100 people casually. So that it is a, it's an invitation to count the cost. To look at your schedule, look at your finances, look at your routine of your family, of your life. And over these 77 days that we would commit that to the Lord. So that's the invitation for us uh, this morning. Rise up and renew. We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. It's going to tie in really well uh, with where we are as a, as a church family. We've been talking about how how Jesus changes how we walk through 
trials and challenges, lots of trials and challenges to talk about. Last Sunday, we looked at the second half of chapter 2, and we saw a critical application that helps us navigate trials and challenges, right? We looked at, well, God's Word. The understanding that God's word is the authority that we submit our lives to, that's going to change how we navigate trials and challenges. We want to see similar trials in 2021 that we see in the scriptures in the early church. And, and last, we want to dive in to our relationships, right? And, that, and that's what we're going to pick up on today is that our relationships with one another are so important. God's word makes it really clear this morning that developing strong, healthy relationships are absolutely going to transform how we walk through trials and challenges. And we touched on this last week, right, that we would know who those relationships are, that we would know who the, 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 the men and women that the Lord has entrusted to us, our family, our neighbors, that we would know our neighbors' names, that we would know our coworkers, and we would have some type of connection with our coworkers and our church family and our extended family, right? That these are the people that the Lord has placed in our lives that we would say, these are my people. We would have that type of intentionality. It's not that random person on Facebook that you talk to once every decade. It's the, it's the people we come in contact with on a daily, weekly basis, and that, that we would take ownership of these relationships. And this morning, God's Word is going to press into, like, how do you foster deep relationships? Well, first, it's going to make it really clear we need people. Second is that we need to share stories of faith with these people. So what do we talk about in these relationships? We talk about stories of faith, and we talk about points of prayer, right? We share points of prayer. So our first sub-point is that we need people. So let's, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, to see the importance of of needing people. Like if this global pandemic has taught us nothing, it's made it clear that we need people, right? I mean, the blizzard made it clear we need people. Our culture likes to tell us that we're individuals, that we're independent, that we are lone ranger. I can go alone. Like our culture likes to send that message. That's so foolish. We need people. Look at verses one to five. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it best to be left behind alone at Athens. That's Paul. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you, that's the Thessalonians, for the benefit of your faith, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this, for even when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction, and so it happened. And as you know, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I also sent to find out about your faith, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you and our labor would be for nothing. So in the context of chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is deeply concerned for the Thessalonians. All right? They've come under attack. We, you can read about it in, in Acts chapter 17. There's riots, there's mobs, they're being drug out of their, of their homes. And Paul is concerned that, that, that their faith has wilted from the trials and challenges. 
In verses 1 and verse 5, Paul writes, When I could endure it no longer. When we could endure it no longer. Because Paul, Silas, Timothy, it's like they're metaphorically pacing back and forth. Right? It's like they're like, how are those? What happened? Like, did you see Jason getting drug out of his house? Like, I don't know how it worked out. You know, and they're like, what do you think? Do you think, they, do you think they're still walking with the Lord? Do you think they're still breaking bread in communion? Like, you know, they, they couldn't send a text. And so they were, they were wondering. They were concerned. How were the Thessalonians doing? I feel this tension right now, like in our, in our church family over these last 12 months. I mean, I, I, I have these thoughts of like, how, how is everybody doing? Sometimes you will ask me, how is so-and-so doing? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, this is probably the least time for having like your finger. You know, you have your finger on the pulse of a local church. No pulse. Like I have no, no idea. And so I'm kind of always, you know, like, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's some people we haven't seen in months, like face-to-face, and everybody's cordial, you know, you phone call, you send a text, you Zoom, everybody's polite, but you don't, you don't know. Like, even the people that we've arranged kind of like meetings in the backyard, a little bit of one-on-one, kind of just to have some kind of connection, like, it's, it's good. It's just, it's mechanical, right? It's, it's kind of, it feels a little forced, and you just, you don't know how, how people are doing. And, and I, I know, we know, our elder team knows you're big boys and girls, and Jesus is our ultimate hope. We're not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. But I can identify with the Apostle Paul here right now in our church family. I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. So in the, in the same way, the Apostle Paul, he writes, when we can endure it no longer, he sends his faithful friend Timothy to bring strength and encouragement. You see that at the end of verse 2? To strengthen and encourage you for the benefit of your Faith. Timothy was a faithful friend of Paul. Timothy definitely would have been needed in Athens and Corinth and, you know, these new churches that are getting started. But Paul sends Timothy back to the Thessalonians because we need people. We got a lot of text, so you can't really see it. It's really small print right here. We need people. We need people. One author made the observation that when Paul responds to false teaching in new churches, he sends a letter. But when Paul hears about trials and challenges, he sends a person. He sends a person because we need people. He sends Timothy. I mean, eventually Paul's going to write 2 Thessalonians, and he's going to rebuke false teaching. He's going to clarify in the letter, Paul's teaching, but when the people are discouraged, when there's trials and there's challenges, he sends Timothy because we need people. We need face-to-face relationship with one another. Listen, I know COVID-19 is bonkers, and I know we're all trying to navigate it the best that we can, and we're, I'm so proud of our church family, but we can't overlook the importance of how much we need face-to-face contact with each other. Like, God bless YouTube and Facebook Live and Zoom. We are so thankful uh, 
for technology, but there's just something about being in each other's presence. I don't, is it psychological, supernatural? I, I don't know how to explain it, but there's like chemicals that go off when we're face-to-face with one another that you just can't capture online. When we're in the presence of one another in a community group, it's just different. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how to, how to explain it, and I want to I be careful. I want to be gentle. I mean, I know there's some of us that have a, like a compromised immune system. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the rest of us. Like, I just, I mean, God's word is inviting us to do everything possible to get face-to-face contact with people. We need people. Like, this is just my opinion. I mean, the Apostle Paul's writing, chapter 2, he says, I want to be with you in person. Letters are great, but his desire is to be together in person. And when that can't happen, he's orphaned. That's how he's describing it. He's grieving. And so that we're doing everything possible. Like that's the invitation in God's word this morning. That's the invitation for our church family is that would each of us consider to like how we might reevaluate how we're walking through COVID-19 and and what it would look like to come face to face with one another. I mean, we've been in this season for 12 months, right? It's possible that some of us are running a play that we started back in March 2020. Maybe that's a play worth evaluating, right? That's what we're doing in our church family right now. I mean, in our personal family right now, like our kids have been on uh, online education for 12 months. And it's not good. It's not been good for us. It's, it's, it's hurting them. And so as a family, we're reevaluating. There's things that we said no to back in March. There's things that we said couldn't, we couldn't do that back in March. Financially, that wouldn't be possible back in, and now we're just like, uh, maybe. <laughs> so I, I want to be, I want to be gentle, but I also want to be clear. I mean, God's words showing us the importance that we need people. We need face-to-face gatherings with with each other and that you would would you, would you evaluate would you reevaluate how you're approaching this season would you ask the lord to help you be as creative as possible would you would you circle back with your spouse like like maybe like are both spouses on the same page like maybe one spouse is just kind of withdrawn because this conversation is so hard and, and maybe it's worth circling back with our spouse of saying, hey, are you, are you okay with what we're trying? How we're navigating this season? Are you willing to kind of just stretch your comforts a little bit? I mean, what if April 4th, what if Easter Sunday, there could be more of us that gathered in person? Our church family needs that. We need that. We have space outside. We set up a speaker. It's been there four months. Only a couple people have really taken advantage of that. It's outside. You can be distance. You can have a mask. I mean, we want to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. 
But I just, I don't want us to overlook the importance that God's word is showing us, the invitation that we need face-to-face connection with people. Let's look at our second subpoint: Share stories of faith. As we go through trials and challenges, we desperately need face-to-face contact with people so they can see empathy on our faces. I think that's some of it. We need face-to-face, but, but, but we also, when we are together, we just don't want to be together. We want to share stories of faith when we're together. Look at verses 6 to 10. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us. That's the Apostle Paul. Longing to see us just as we long to see you, their friends. <laughs> He's so encouraged by that. For this reason, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now we really live if we stand firm in the Lord. For what thanks can we give to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice because of you before our God? As we keep praying most earnestly night and day that we may see your faces. And we may complete what is lacking in your faith. In verse 6, we see the Thessalonians were just as deeply connected to Paul as he was to them. And that brought Paul encouragement. Hearing about their faith. Verse 6, Timothy brings news of faith. Verse 7, we were comforted about you through your faith. In verse 8, you stand firm in the Lord. That's faith. In verse 10, we pray that we may see your faces and we may complete what is lacking in your faith. We want to share stories of faith. This phrase in verse 10, complete what is lacking, that could sound a little odd. I'm not talking about salvation with the Lord. It's just the Thessalonians had gaps. We all have gaps. They have holes in our faith. And, and we all have that. And, and, and so as we come together, the idea is that we're sharing stories of faith so that it's filling up those gaps. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. And so in the same way, when we come together, we want to share stories of faith, share stories of how the Lord softened our hearts. Like I was frustrated with my spouse, and I was digging my heels, and I was convinced they were wrong, and then the Lord just softened my heart, and I turned confession. We both cry. I was like, this is beautiful. You know, like we want to share stories of faith. I was reading God's word, and, and he was kind of cold and distant, and then it's like, bam, the Holy Spirit dropped in. The word starts bouncing off the page, and just my heart started coming. You know those moments, like share stories of faith, that I was talking with a co-worker, and, and I, we just got into the gospel right there, and like people were listening as we got into the gospel, and I was like, I was like looking at myself, talk to this person, I was like an out of body, you ever had those moments, like it wasn't even me, it was like, you know, share stories of faith, of I was just, I'm not a generous person normally, I'm typically greedy and selfish, but yet I just wanted to give to this person, and then I, I did, and then the Lord used that, and I'm just like, wow, like that's story, like stories of faith, you know those moments where you're just like, bam, you're just like, like, it just puts pep in your step, sharing stories of faith. 
That's why we need people. That's why we need face-to-face. We're not getting together to pray checkers with each other. We're getting together. So, like, yes, when we, when we community group, lunches, worship on Sunday, like, like, yes, level one, you talk about sports. Don't be weird. Don't go straight to level four. Go talk about weather. You know, have, like, surface-level conversation. And then you level two, you ask a question. Level three, they reciprocate. They ask a question. And then level four, How'd the Lord meet you in that place? How'd the Lord provide? Where did the Lord show up? Where did you see his grace? We got to get to level four. So we can have those types of conversations of, of sharing stories of faith and not just frustration, stories of frustration. Maybe we could hear the frustration. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear the challenges. And then let's ask. Where was the Lord during that blizzard? He's alive. He's working. He's with us. He's for us. He's present. How did the Lord show up in that moment? Doesn't that get you excited when you have those types of moments? We kind of saw this intuitively last week with the blizzard. Did you notice? Like, we came together, and what did we do? What happened? Last week, we were like, oh, I lost power. Twenty. We try to one-up each other. I lost 18 hours. I lost 36 hours. I lost 18 days. You know, you just like, you know, just, and then, and then we would ask, well, like, what happened? Well, then, you know, a neighbor showed up or uh, 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 the, the Lord brought a plumber that, you know, through a friend or we ended up going to stay uh, with somebody in our, our community group and we were sharing stories of faith. We were doing it intuitively. So when we talk about, like, knowing who the people are in our lives and getting face-to-face contact with these people. We want to be sharing stories of faith because that will absolutely transform how we walk through trials and challenges, right? Right? When you start sharing those stories of faith with the people that are closest to you in your life, with your your people, you like start putting your shoulders back. You're just like, come on, right? You You start feeling strong. Those trials and challenges, they, they start looking smaller. That's what we're talking about. We share stories of faith. Let's look at our last subpoint. Share points of prayer. Yes, we want to have people in our lives sharing stories of faith, but also points of prayer. I've been so encouraged by how our church family is navigating this season. Just love for prayer. Um, every quarter we gather as a church family Prayer, worship and prayer. We have, we have men and women that, 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 that are volunteering their time so that we can come together on Sundays, and they're here to pray for us. We have a team. They exist in our church family to champion prayer. Like, I mean, we love prayer because we see prayer in God's word. Look at verses 11, 12, and 13. It says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. The prayer starts back in verse 10, but 11 to 13 is the meat of it. And the Apostle Paul is modeling the importance of prayer. And we can't overlook the importance of prayer, especially 
these days with all our trials and challenges. I mean, this is not hypothetical. Like a global pandemic is, is challenging enough, but we, you know, we got some social unrest, we got political unrest, and then throw in some blizzard. Like it's like that that's on top of a job. And like a marriage and parenting and oil changes and flat tires. Like we got things to pray about. And we absolutely need to be sharing points of prayer. Our community group right now has been going through this book called Sacred Marriage, and it's been so fun to see this book kind of lead our, our group through deeper prayer requests. Because we're talking about what's going on in our marriages, in our lives with the Lord. Like, pray. It's great to pray for the sick people in our lives. So, I mean, I, I love, those are important prayers, but we don't want to stop with just the sick people in our lives. I mean, it's exciting when those points of prayer are getting into like, this is what's going on in our marriage. This is what's going on in my character. This is where I'm falling short. This is where the, the flaws are creating friction, where I'm losing hope. It's like, okay, let's pray. Isn't that, that, that just, isn't, that a, isn't there like a bolt of energy when somebody's like, all right, let's pray? It's like, I think it's like a spiritual Red Bull. Just like, let's Let's pray. I don't like to like, we'll pray about that, but I think let's pray right now. Because I'll forget. And now I just lied to you. And I don't want to do that. And so I'm just like, let's pray right now. Right here in, the, in this public area. And I think sometimes we build up in our heads that, you know, prayer has got to be kind of this like, oh, you know, like light a candle with ambiance in the background. Now we will pray. <laughs> I mean, I like that kind of prayer also, but, man, sometimes you could just say, Lord, give us wisdom. Amen. Lord, be with my friend this week. Amen. Lord, give us courage. Amen. Father, help us, Lord. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. I don't even know how to pray. Amen. Oh, those are, those are beautiful prayers. I mean, in Matthew, Jesus, he says, our Father who are in heaven, the, the body of Christ. Like you're, you might be praying individually, but you're praying corporately. We're praying for each other. We need to share points of prayer. Let's keep doing that, church family. We're not just getting together to hang out. We're going to get together. We're going to share stories of faith. We're going to get together. We're going to share points of prayer, and it's going to transform how we walk through trials and challenges. And that's what the Apostle Paul is doing right there at the end in verse 13. He's, he's, he's lifting our eyes. You see that in verse 13? He says, one day, we're gonna, one day Jesus is going to return. One day Jesus is going to return, and we're going to be presented to Jesus holy and blameless. One day. I mean, every wrong is going to be made right. Every injustice is going to be accounted for. He's lifting our eyes in verse 13. Look at one day Jesus is going to return. And listen, if you've yet to believe in Jesus, you need to do that right now because he is going to return and we don't know when that day is. And so there is urgency, like stop thinking about it and do it. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in him. 
and look forward to the day that he's going to come and make things right. And until that day, that's what he's saying, 1 to 13, until that day, gather with the most important people in our lives. Share stories of faith. Share points of prayer so that we might be rooted, established, and encouraged in him. Won't you do that? Won't you respond to God's word today? Will you bow your head with me and close your eyes? Father in heaven, I thank you for our church family. I, I know there's no, there's no reference point for us to lean on on how to handle this. I know we're all doing the best we can, and so there's an incredible amount of grace I pray that you would hear that, that all of us would hear that, that there is grace. And at the same time, that we would feel the weightiness of your word. That we would hear the authority of your word speaking to our hearts. And that we would respond to you. I pray every man, woman, and child, no matter where we are on this spiritual journey, that, that we would hear from you, that we would respond to you, and that we would be strengthened in you, and that we would stir that up in one another as North Village Church. We trust you for it. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.